On today's episode, I'll be going over the Chicago Blackhawks' 4-2 tank loss to the Arizona Coyotes on Saturday, and I'll also talk about which Hawks prospects are playing in the college hockey men's tournament. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Monday, March 20th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode, or if you're already watching the video version of the show, either way, please do me a huge favor. Make sure to go and show some support real quick. First, if you're listening to the show by following the podcast, make sure to be constantly downloading all of those latest episodes. You can also go and leave me a review as well on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And spoiler alert, you're going to need to do that in order to have a chance to win the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'm giving away on the 28th against the Dallas Stars. We're down to just our final days for the drawing, so make sure to go and do that for the folks on the YouTube side of things. Well, with every episode having a video uploaded to YouTube at this point, you should be subscribed to Lockdown on Blackhawks regardless it only makes sense to go and subscribe to the channel that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day while you're there do me a huge favor smash the like button go and comment down below and turn on those push notifications that way you can get notified directly to you when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube all right enough of that as always thank you everyone for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Getting right into it, the Chicago Blackhawks had only one game over the weekend coming against the Arizona Coyotes down at Mullet Arena. Not the most intriguing of matchups at this point in the season, with both teams clearly being outside of the playoff watch at this point. But we did see the highly anticipated debut of defenseman Wyatt Kaiser, who recently signed his entry-level contract, spent the past three years playing for the University of Minnesota Duluth. Number 44 for the Blackhawks, taking on, uh, passing down um, the baton from Calvin DeHaan, the latest Blackhawk to rock number 44. Of course, Blackhawks legend Kimo Timonen lifted the Stanley Cup in the number 44 sweater. So some good Blackhawks history there with that jersey number. Um, But as for the game itself, another pretty solid performance from the Blackhawks to keep the ball rolling. They did wind up losing this game, however, which, you know, isn't the worst thing in the world at this point in the season. Um, But we did see a lot of positives from the Blackhawks still in the showing. We also saw the third line of Boris Kachuk, Jujar Kara, and Joey Anderson pick up right where they left off to stay red hot. Just 35 seconds into the game, Coach Luke Richardson starts his dogs on the third line, who have been the best line for the Blackhawks in the past couple of weeks now. Great move by Richardson to start that third line, and they come out and net a goal just 35 seconds into the game as uh, Jujar Kara wound up getting a piece of Jared Tenorti's shot from the point. Originally, it was credited to Tenorti, but during the first intermission, they changed it back to 
uh, Jujar Kara's goal, and that now gives him six points in his last six games. Believe it or not, Jujar Kara is the leading point getter for the Blackhawks in the past six games. Uh, Boris Kachuk also picked up the secondary assist on that goal, extending his point streak to three games with five points over that span as well. And then we also saw Caleb Jones in the third period uh, put the Blackhawks back ahead two to one with the power play goal. All started off some great speed shown by Lucas Reichel to enter the offensive zone. The puck kind of bounced around a little bit. Caleb Jones found it in the slot and then uh, wound up putting it home for his fourth goal of the season, second in the last five games for Caleb Jones as well. And yeah, the Blackhawks offensively, I thought, moved the puck really solidly and we're getting a lot of open looks against this Arizona Arizona Coyotes defense. In fact, this was just the third time all season that the Blackhawks have outshot their opponents by at least 10 or more shots on goal. Uh, they outshot the Coyotes winning this battle 34 to 21 on Saturday night. Funny uh, fun fact, though, all three of those games that the Blackhawks have outshot their opponents by 10 or more have come against the Arizona Coyotes. Um, so, yeah, this was another, like, respectable showing for the Blackhawks, all things considered. The third line looked really good once again. Defensively, I thought they didn't give up too much to the Coyotes' offense. The one issue they had was every time they did something right or they scored a big momentum goal, Clayton Keller was right there to have the answer for Arizona. He set up Barrett Hayton with a nice pass in the first to tie the game one-to-one. Then after Caleb Jones, as I mentioned, put the Blackhawks ahead two-to-one with a power play goal in the third period. Clayton Keller puts uh, the puck in the back of the net himself. Alex Stalock was not happy with himself for giving up that goal. That tied the game two-to-two. And then late in the third, this is when Arizona wound up uh, – Netting the game winner, another beautiful feed from Clayton Keller to set up Yuso Valamaki in the final minutes. Coyotes went on to add an empty netter to win this one four to two. But yeah, I, I mean, the Blackhawks, you got to be happy with this performance, though. It was, again, one of those games where they were right there. In fact, it, it was one of the odd games where they were leading in all of the major statistics, and um, they were the ones kind of dominating puck possession and the scoring chances. But the Coyotes came with a strong push late in the third period, probably their best push of the game. And Clayton Keller, as he's kind of done all season long against the Chicago Blackhawks, really put the Arizona Coyotes on his back and lifted them to a victory. Uh, but the Blackhawks certainly had their chances in this one. I mean, um, they had a, a ton of power plays on the night, five power play opportunities for the Blackhawks. Yes, Caleb Jones did net a power play goal early on in the third period, but the Blackhawks had plenty more chances on their man advantage to have two or three PPGs in this one. And uh, down the stretch, they couldn't convert when they needed to most. But still, all things considered, given the amount of injuries that this team is dealing with, the roster and lineup that they're throwing out there on a nightly basis, uh, yeah, it's you got to be happy with the effort that the Blackhawks are providing once again. They just got outplayed in crunch time. And listen, with uh, the situation in the standings right now, the Connor Bedard watch slash tankathon standings, not the worst thing in the world for the Blackhawks to wind up losing this game in the final minutes and not earning a point in this matchup. But getting into the debut from defenseman Wyatt Kaiser for a moment, I, you know, for the most part, liked what I saw out of him. He played a simple and straightforward game. I thought we got to see, I thought he uh, displayed his best assets, the strong skating ability and um, the 
willingness to jump up in the play and transition and make the right reads to help his team out going back the other direction. Uh, and I like too how Luke Richardson handled him. I thought this was all in all a pretty well coached game from Luke Richardson, not only starting the third line right off the bat, which led to a goal for Chicago, but also in particular how he handled Wyatt Kaiser in his first NHL game. You know that he's obviously just going to be trying to get his feet wet. And it was pretty clear with this play. He was just trying to keep things simple and not be a liability out there, basically. We even heard Kaiser himself say after the game, you know, yeah, just still trying to learn the systems. Uh, established some chemistry with the guys. Obviously, he's only been here and practiced for a few days. Uh, and in fact, Luke Richardson will not be playing Kaiser tonight against the Colorado Avalanche, which I honestly think isn't the worst decision in the world either. You don't want to be uh, affecting the kid's confidence. And he's clearly still just trying to get comfortable. Not the worst thing in the world to let him watch from the press box for a game or two. And I assume he'll probably be back in there either on Thursday against Washington or sometime later on during the road trip. But I thought he handled Kaiser pretty well in this game against the Arizona Coyotes. He gave him just over 16 minutes of ice time. So not too much, but not too little, which I think is smart. Sometimes in guys' first NHL games, especially if you're a defenseman, they'll play 10, 11 minutes and really don't get a feel of the game or don't get any consistent shifts or action on the ice. And I think that consistency and getting into the flow of the game is a really big thing, especially for a young player. And I thought Luke Richardson gave him the right amount of shifts. And I also like to see Richardson throw him out there with the game on the line in the third period. Kaiser had a couple of shifts in the final four minutes of this game on Saturday night. So I, I really liked how Luke Richardson handled Wyatt Kaiser. I thought Kaiser uh, performed, you know, pretty well in his first NHL game, nothing too special, but also didn't make any crucial or costly mistakes. Uh, I expect Luke Richardson, when Kaiser does get back in the lineup, to give him uh, continuously more opportunities to keep growing his game. And I'm sure as the games rack up, Kaiser will only get more and more comfortable. Like we saw out of Alex Vlasic, if you all remember, at the end of last season when he signed his entry-level contract after finishing up his junior season with Boston University. It took him a few games in order to really get it going, but then in those final five, six, seven games of the regular season, Alex Vlasic was playing 18, 19, 20 minutes a night and looking pretty pretty gosh darn good while doing it. So I hope to see the uh, same things out of Wyatt Kaiser once he starts to get situated a little bit. But all in all, I give him two thumbs up for his debut against the Arizona Coyotes. All right, there are my thoughts from the Blackhawks. 4-2 to tank loss against the Yotes at Mullet Arena on Saturday night. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into which Blackhawks prospects will be taking part in the men's NCAA tournament, which begins this Thursday. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is something that I take every single morning. I just took it before I jumped on and recorded the show because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients, folks, truly is incredible. It helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by both health experts and professional athletes. Plus, it'll only cost you less than $3 per day, which is such 
a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. And to make it easy for all you out there, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, along with five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before we jump on into segment two, as I mentioned in the intro of today's episode, I got to tell you all more about how to qualify for the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'm giving away in just eight days on March 28th against the Dallas Stars at the United Center. The drawings probably going to be coming here Wednesday or Thursday, maybe even Friday. It's going to be prior to this weekend, but all you have to do in order to qualify first You have to leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Bonus points, as I've mentioned a few times, to those of you that leave me a five-star review. But you're also going to want to leave the name of your YouTube channel in that review because you have to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube in order to qualify. And by you dropping the name of your YouTube channel in that review, that's how I'll be checking that you're subscribed to the channel. You have to do all of that in order to qualify for the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'll be giving away on March 28th against the Dallas Stars. So make sure to do all of that good stuff while you're listening right now to today's episode. All right, putting all that to the side, getting into segment two, let's talk for a minute about uh, getting into a little bit of a prospect update here as the NCAA Men's College Hockey Tournament begins this Thursday. I believe that's the 23rd Blackhawks. Yes, it is the 23rd. I know the Blackhawks are taking on the Washington Capitals on the 23rd. But yes, the men's college hockey tournament is right around the corner and the brackets just got released yesterday. And seven, yes, seven Blackhawks prospects will be taking part in the tournament, which is awesome news. Obviously, it's a great Uh, opportunity for us fans to get a little bit more familiar if you're not uh, with some of these Blackhawks prospects. It's also great experience for each of those players as well, playing in such a meaningful moment and uh, the most crucial time of the season. The games become more intense. The moment only gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You want prospects getting opportunities like that at a young age to hopefully ripen them up as they start to go through the system a little bit. Um, But for those of you who still may be unaware as well as to kind of how the men's hockey bracket works, 16 teams total get put into the bracket. They're all on the road to the Frozen Four, as they say, in Tampa, Florida this year, which is, you know, a bit intriguing of an option. Uh, But just like the basketball tournament, it's broken down into regions. Four regions in this tournament, each containing four teams. There's the Fargo region, the Allentown region, the Manchester region, and the Bridgeport region. First, for number three Michigan prospect Frank Nazar and potential Blackhawks uh, future prospect Adam Fantilli, they'll be taking on Colgate in their first round matchup in the Allentown region. That's the top right part of the bracket for those that are curious Uh, Frank Nazar, obviously my boy Frank the Tank, missed most of the year, sadly, due to a lower body injury, uh, but did get to return at the end of the season, wound up playing in 10 games, tallying five points, one goal, and four assists. Hopefully, he'll be a big part of the Wolverines making a run here in the men's tournament. Adam Fantilli, by the way, was just a force to be reckoned with 
all year long for Michigan. Led all NCAA players with 61 points in 33 games played, 27 goals, 34 assists. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's a true freshman. Any other draft, really, this kid would be going number one overall, I think, with the year that he had. Um for the Wolverines is very reminiscent to the Connor McDavid Jack Eichel draft where Jack Eichel absolutely went on a, a rampage as a freshman, put up astronomical numbers and still went number two overall behind Connor McDavid. It feels like a very similar situation here with Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli. Uh, he's been just, yeah, a one-man wrecking crew for the Wolverines. We'll see how he and Frank Nazar pair together throughout the tournament. Moving on down to the Bridgeport region, Michigan is the only Blackhawks, uh, are the only team that has a Blackhawks prospect up in the Allentown region. Going on down to the Bridgeport region, though, we have first defenseman prospect Slava Demon in Merrimack with a very tough matchup against number two Quinnipiac, who basically the entire country seems to be picking right now. Uh, and for those who may be unfamiliar with Slava Demon, he's not really a highly touted prospect in the Blackhawks system. He was someone that they netted as part of the return for Robin Leonard a few years back, if you all remember correctly. As part of that return as well was a second round pick, which led to the Blackhawks uh, selecting goaltender prospect Drew Comesso, who we'll get to here in just a moment as well. But Demon finished the year with 16 points, three goals and three assists in 36 games for Merrimack. I'm still not really sold on him being a part of the Blackhawks' future, considering how many defensemen prospects they already have in the organization. Uh, maybe he does wind up getting an ELC and plays with the Rockford Icehogs, but I do think Demon has a long ways to go if he ever wants to be an NHLer. Next up in the region, we got Jake Wise in Ohio State. They got a matchup with Harvard in the Bridgeport region. Uh, Wise, a really strong year for the Buckeyes, tallying 35 points in 38 games, 12 goals, 23 assists as a fifth-year senior. He's had uh, – it was a very, very tough start to his collegiate career for Jake Wise. Suffered a couple of injuries when he was with Boston University. Ended up transferring to Ohio State, and he's now put back – to back consistent seasons together. I know he's 23 years old, one of the oldest uh, college, probably the oldest college player that the Blackhawks have in their system. But based on what he's been able to do these last two years, I kind of ruled him out. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks take a chance on Jake Wise and giving him an ELC. I mean, they certainly have the time to spare. They can. They're in a they're in a situation where they can take a chance on a player like Jake Wise, who's put up good offensive numbers for Ohio State the last two years. We'll see if uh, Wise ends up signing his ELC when the Buckeyes, or if they go on a run whenever their tournament comes to an end. Uh, next up, we have the Manchester region with Drew Comesso, Ryan Green, and Boston University. They got an interesting matchup with Western Michigan in the first round, but a big year for both of these Blackhawks prospects playing with the Terriers first for Comesso. He went 22-7-0, really was a stalwart for this team after they had a really strong second half. Finished with a 2.51 goals against average, 9-12 save percentage, and two shutouts in 31 games. And as I mentioned, when Ryder Rolston signed his entry-level contract a few days ago, 
I'm really curious to see what decision Drew Camesso is going to make. Now, would it surprise me if he goes back to BU and plays all four years, though? All four years there? No, absolutely not. But at the same time, I don't really know what more he has to prove at that level. I know goalies just kind of need reps, and that's why they tend to develop the longest and take the longest to get uh, NHL ready, but Camesso has been a staple for this team for three years now. He's got international experience, world juniors experience, Olympic experience under his belt. Um, and he's been really good at every level that he's seen. So I am very interested to see what Camesso is going to do at the end of this tournament for BU. And then for Ryan Green, what a tremendous freshman season. The Hawks 2022 second round pick went on to have 31 points in 35 games, nine goals and 22 assists. Got promoted from the third line, which is where he started the season up to the second line where he is right now. You got to be excited about the future of Ryan Green based on the year that he had with the Terriers as an 18. 19 year old let's see if he can keep it rolling here throughout the NCAA tournament then Aiden Thompson and the Denver Pioneers are looking to run it back they have a first round matchup with Cornell and Thompson was consistent all year long for the Pioneers once he returned from injury missed the first few weeks of the season but went on to put up 32 points 10 goals and 22 assists in 31 games as a 21 year old technically a freshman but played two years Uh, The last two seasons in the USHL, of course, prior to being selected by the Blackhawks. He also, like Ryan Green, started in a third-line center role, wound up getting elevated up to the second line because of his consistent offensive production. He's playing a massive role for Denver, and if they have any hopes of going back-to-back, Aiden Thompson's going to have to be very, uh, very effective for them throughout this tournament. And then last, but certainly not least, is the very intriguing goaltender prospect of Dominic Bassey in St. Cloud State as they take on Minnesota State in the first round of the tournament. By the way, what an awful decision to put all these Minnesota teams in the same region in the top left. Not very happy with that decision. I think a lot of college hockey fans agree with me on that take. But uh, for Bassey, he's a very interesting prospect because the last two years, he was the netminder for Colorado College. Not a very good program. Put up pretty meh numbers there and then kind of um, elected to move on to a different program and took his talents to St. Cloud State. And he was, especially early on in the season, the first month or two, one of the best goaltenders in all of college hockey. Bassey wound up posting an 11-5-2 record with a 2.30 GAA, a 9-11 save percentage, and three shutouts in 19 appearances this season. So the former uh, Hawks fifth round, no, sixth round pick, I believe, way back in 2019. He is a prospect worth keeping an eye on, not only throughout this tournament, but throughout the next couple of years and what the Hawks kind of want to do with him because obviously they have Arvid Soderblom, who's down in Rockford right now, has looked good, even though the stats may not show it so far in his NHL career. He's also uh, still only 23 years old, I believe, at this point. Then Jackson Stauber is kind of proven to be an intriguing prospect as well. He's played some good NHL hockey uh, in his first stint when he was up here earlier on in the season. And then there's Drew Camesso, who I just talked about, a second-round pick that could have a very bright future for the Blackhawks as well. Do the Blackhawks add Dominic Bassey to the mix? You know, it's never really a bad thing to have uh, too many goaltender prospects that you feel high on. Obviously, the likelihood of all four panning out to be good NHLers isn't, you know, 
all that all that likely. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but very interesting that Bassey really had this type of season and has kind of, you know, thrown his name into the mix, if you will, for the future of the Blackhawks. And that, I would say, he obviously is the most unlikely of the group at this point, but you can't deny good play. And Dominic Bassey's done that for St. Cloud State so far this season. He'll have to do it again throughout the tournament if they want any hope of taking it down. All right, there are all the Blackhawks prospects playing in the 2023 men's college hockey tournament. Coming up in just a moment, I still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try Built Bar. And I know some of you right now are asking, well, what makes Built Bar so good? First of all, each bar comes in comes with 100% real chocolate. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in outrageous flavors that you wouldn't believe are healthy for you, like cinnamon churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, double chocolate, cookies and cream, some amazing flavors. And each bar only has 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And right now you can go on down to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and snag you a quick four pack. You used to have to wait around and order them online, wait for the deliveries. But now go on down to Walmart, go on down to Sam's Club and get you a four pack of cookies and cream, uh, double chocolate, or try the coconut puffs. You can thank me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, before I wrap up the show for today, folks, of course, we still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a few lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. For those of you who are still tuned into this point of the episode, first of all, let me say thank you very much for watching from start to finish. Second, if you have a Blackhawks question that you want your boy to answer right here live on the show, make sure to go and drop it down right now in the comment section or you can hit me up on any one of my social media accounts at Jack Bushman2 on Twitter, at Talk and Hockey, or you can even email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. All one word, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. I want to answer those questions. We've only had a few submissions for the last few weeks now. I'm really trying to get these ramped up. So if you have a question that you want me to answer, make sure to get those out there. All right, getting into the first question that I want to answer on today's show comes from Lawrence Florence, excuse me, Florence Kubal on Instagram, who DM'd me and asked, last year, Blackhawks had zero first round picks and ended up with three, with two right now and possibly three with help from Rangers. How many first round picks do the Blackhawks end with on draft day? Do we make moves again the day day of? Thanks. I would say three or four is probably, I would say three is the most likely situation for the Blackhawks, given that, well, the Rangers could reach the Eastern Conference final. Patrick Kane has really started to get it going here the past few games. Looks like he's finally getting comfortable with his new team, which is still very odd to say. But I think the Rangers' likelihood of reaching the Eastern Conference final, I know the East is very deep and very tough to get through, but I do think there is a good likelihood that they get there. They're just strong in all aspects, and they have arguably the best goaltender in the world. I'd put Vasilevsky over him, but Shesterkin, no denying he deserves to be in that conversation with what he's done in his first couple NHL seasons. I think the likelihood that the Rangers 
uh, wind up in the Eastern Conference Final. There's a pretty good chance of that. So I think three is ultimately what the Blackhawks do end up with, but I wouldn't rule out four given, you know, how much cap space they have. And I know the salary cap is expected to go up, but teams are still going to, you know, be tight. There's not going to be a lot of wiggle room for some clubs out there in the Blackhawks, as they've shown so far, general manager Kyle Davidson is very willing to take on a, a bad contract in order to get some future assets. We, in fact, saw it at the uh, first day of the NHL draft last year, getting Peter Morazic in order to get back into the first round and take uh, Sam Renzel late. So I would not put it past uh, Kyle Davidson to be very active on the uh, uh, day of the first round once again this year. I'm going to guess three, but I would not rule four out whatsoever for the Blackhawks in the first round of the 2023 NHL draft. Next question I'm going to answer here comes from Jeff Drinson, who asked, what percent chance do you give Jonathan Taves actually retiring? And what percent chance does he stay with the Blackhawks? Hmm. Good question. For those who may not know yet, there was a report that came out on Friday afternoon, I believe it was, from John Dietz, saying that he's heard from two different sources that Jonathan Taves is strongly considering retirement at the end of the season. I talked about that in the show that I dropped on Friday. If you want to hear more about Taves and my thoughts on that, make sure to go and click on the channel, watch that episode from Friday. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button because it really does Help me out more than all of you know. But as far as what percent chance do I give Taves actually retiring, I'm going to go 50-50 right now, and maybe that's a bad number. I've always kind of been on the side that Taves is a fiery competitor, and I think he's wanting to keep playing more and wanting to prove people wrong and wanting to win, hasn't had a taste of it in quite some time. That's always been the side that I've leaned towards. But this report from John Dietz, I think is the first time, at least for me personally, where it's really resonated that, wow, Jonathan Taves might not be coming back. And I don't think it's because of his mentality. I think he wants to keep playing. It's just his body doesn't seem to be letting him at this point. And one thing I talked about on the show when I discussed this was after everything that he's gone through just to get back on the ice this season, for him to only be reset once again, and from my understanding, it really doesn't sound like he's had any progress. It's got to be incredibly frustrating, and I'm sure has to have him questioning whether or not his body can take the toll of professional hockey any longer. So I'd say 50-50. Maybe that's a bad number. Maybe it's more likely than 50% that he's going to retire. Um just like kind of the the entire trade situation, though, we're just going to have to wait and see. Taves holds all the cards, obviously, more so even here than he did with the trade situation. But um, I'm going to go 50-50. I think he's going to do everything in his power to try and come back. It's just whether or not his body is going to cooperate. As for what percent chance does he stay with the Blackhawks, let's assume this is obviously a situation where Jonathan Taves does come back. I'm going like, 20% and that might even be high. Like I just don't see a way where Jonathan Taves, it just feels like it's a, it's a very 
awkward thing at this point that he's seen everyone else go. He's obviously been frustrated with the rebuild. I'm sure he wasn't happy seeing Patrick Kane go, even though it was what Patrick Kane wanted to do himself. There have been many of players that Jonathan Taze has been frustrated uh, about being moved and obviously the direction the franchise has chosen to go in the last couple of years. He's been vocal about that too. It just feels like it would be very awkward to bring him back right now. At the same time, this is all he's known, and maybe teams are a little bit hairy about giving him an opportunity. Maybe the Blackhawks make the most sense for him because of his health situation. That's kind of, I think, the only way that he does come back because it really seems like the Blackhawks are trying to go in a different direction, and they'll respect the wishes of Jonathan Taves as they did with Patrick Kane if he wants to go elsewhere. It sounds like they'd be fine with doing that, but we'll see. Like I said, I give it 20%. I think the only way he does come back to Chicago as if this is the best situation for him to be in because of his health situation and with his family. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, March 20th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again, as always, for tuning into the show and make sure if you haven't already to go and show some support first by following the podcast 100% for free wherever you get your podcast and make sure to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. That way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded each and every day. All right. Once again, from your host, Jack Bushman, thank you all again for tuning into today's show. Until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.